There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Georgia Williams was born on September 7, 1995, to parents Steve and Lynette Williams. She was the couple's second child, after Scarlett, their first daughter, was born a few years earlier. The family lived in the quiet town of Wellington in Shropshire. More good news came a couple of months after Georgia was born, when Steve Williams was recruited into the police force. His wife Lynette and their two young daughters attended Steve's passing out parade, a celebration that marked the completion of his initial training and this would be the stepping stone from which his journey to become a detective in the West Mercia Police Force began. As a child, Georgia was described by her family as a determined little girl with a larger-than-life personality. She liked to play pranks on her older sister such as hiding behind doors and jumping out and even at a young age she was very generous and would share anything she had. She attended the local junior school but did not find things easy initially. She was the victim of bullying. Her mother suggested she move to another school, but Georgia was resilient. She decided to stay. By the time Georgia attended Urkelwood Technology College, she was popular among her peers, supporting her classmates as a mentor, student counsellor and was even elected head girl. She wanted to get A-levels at New College Telford, She chose courses in biology, sport and psychology. In her spare time, she was on the student council and attended air cadets where Georgia held the rank of corporal. She also volunteered as a member of the matchday safety team at a local football club, AFC Telford United. 
Georgia was an independent teenager and wanted to earn some spending money, so got a part-time job at a petrol station. She was working with a man called Jamie Reynolds. Jamie Reynolds was five years older than Georgia. He was actually in the same school year as Georgia's older sister, Scarlett. Scarlett knew Jamie, but didn't share any classes with him, was not part of the same social circles, and she didn't really have an opinion of him while they were in school. Georgia got to know Jamie, as they would frequently be working the same shift. Her family would often pop into the petrol station, and to them Jamie appeared like any other young person of the same age. They said he was a quiet and polite young man. Georgia thought Jamie seemed lonely, so tried to introduce him to her group of friends. He asked Georgia out on a date, but she turned him down. She had a boyfriend who she had only recently started seeing, and although Georgia did like Jamie, she saw their relationship as platonic. He didn't accept the courteous refusal and became persistent, regularly asking Georgia out. She was anxious not to hurt his feelings, but she made it clear to Jamie that she only wanted to be friends and that was the only type of relationship she would have with him. Jamie Reynolds was unhappy. He was 22 and his life and career were not going how he wanted. He told Georgia that he wished to pursue a career in photography and requested the help of several girls he knew, including Georgia, to model for some pictures he would take at his home. He wanted to use a simulated hanging as a scenario. Georgia agreed to help. They made plans for her to go to Jamie's house on the evening of May 26, 2013 to pose for Jamie's photography project. A message that Jamie had sent Georgia only a day earlier read, Fake hanging. Just want to double check to make sure you're cool with it, as it's totally safe. Georgia's parents were aware of her plans and they had no problem with her going as they knew Jamie. He only lived five minutes walk away and they believed there was going to be a group of George's friends going too. On May 26th, Steve Williams returned home from work. The sun was out and they had family visiting, so Steve decided to have a barbecue. Lynette said to her daughter, Why don't you give it a miss tonight and stay with us? Georgia declined the offer as she wouldn't want to let her friend down. Georgia had long dyed red hair and was wearing skinny black jeans, a baggy top and a waist length leather jacket. As she was leaving her home, her dad joked that she looked like Olivia Newton-John in the movie Grease. The 17-year-old left at around 7.30pm. Georgia Williams arrived at the home of Jamie Reynolds where he lived with his mother, stepfather and sister. The semi-detached property was located on Avondale Road in Wellington. Jamie's parents were on holiday in Italy for the week and his sister was staying at her boyfriend's so he had the house to himself. When Georgia arrived, there was no one else at the property. Georgia was handed an outfit Jamie had brought for the photo shoot, a jacket and a pair of shorts. Around 8pm, she modelled in the kitchen and then upstairs. As they planned... She posed with a noose around her neck in the upstairs hallway, standing on a box with her hands freely swinging by her sides. 
the noose was attached to an oar which had been placed across an open loft hatch. Jamie first photographed Georgia with her hands unbound and the noose still around her neck, and then, with her hands now tied behind her back, he kicked away the box she was standing on. At 10.30pm, a text message was sent to Georgia's phone from her mother asking where she was. Jamie replied pretending to be Georgia. He said that she was going out with friends. He even signed off the message the same way that Georgia typically signed off her texts, with three kisses, which stood for I love you mum, dad and sister. The message was to give the impression that she had just left Jamie's house voluntarily and gone elsewhere for the night. Jamie got in touch with two other young women to cancel the plans he had with them the next day. At 6.30 the next morning when Georgia wasn't home, her mother sent another text message asking where she was. Again Lynette received a reply from Jamie pretending to be her daughter, this time saying that Georgia had stayed with friends and would be coming home that evening. The message also said that the battery in her phone was running low. Jamie then sent a text message from his phone to Georgia's sister, as well as sending a message to Georgia's phone in which he expressed concern, but ultimately to carry on the pretense that he didn't know where she was. Her parents weren't overly concerned at the time, as after all, Georgia was nearly 18 years old and they trusted her. She had a driving lesson book for the next day, which they knew she was looking forward to, as it was her first lesson. Also, Georgia had planned to go to a gig that day, so they thought she would probably go straight there and be home later that evening. Jamie Reynolds had already planned what to do next. Under the cover of darkness, Jamie bundled Georgia's body into the back of his stepfather's silver Toyota van. Aside from the body which had been wrapped in a blanket, Jamie also loaded her clothes and jewellery into the van along with items of clothing he had brought for the photo shoot and some camping equipment. His sister had planned to visit that morning, during which time he gave her the impression that everything was normal. He spoke to George's sister and told her that he wasn't able to help continue with the search as he was going away camping for a few days. By this time, Jamie had deleted the photographs from the camera and uploaded them onto an external hard drive which he also took with him. He drove northwest for an hour and arrived in Wrexham, a town in Wales, where he parked up his van with George's body in the back. In Wrexham, Jamie had some food and went to the cinema to watch The Fast and the Furious. It was the film he had invited George to go and see with him on a date, one of the many dates she declined to go on. As the sun set, Jamie drove to the secluded woodlands of Nantigarth. He wasn't able to drive as far into the forest as he wanted to. In the dark, Jamie proceeded by foot and disposed of George's body in the woods. Up to now, Jamie's plan had been working exactly how he fantasised, but this luck was soon to run out. The van that Jamie had used to get there got stuck in the mud and despite his best efforts, he was unable to get it out. The wheels were thickly entrenched in the dirt it was impossible to get a grip. The van was unmovable, just metres away from George's body. A passing motorist pulled over to offer assistance and help get the vehicle out of the mud, but for some reason before he left, he took a photograph of the van. 
Jamie decided he needed to put more distance between himself and George's body, so he travelled to Glasgow where he checked into a Premier Inn hotel located in the centre of the city. He did some shopping, buying a new watch, and then went to the cinema. George's parents reported her as a missing person on May 28, 2013. Police asked them if their daughter being gone this long was out of the ordinary. They confirmed it was. Jamie Reynolds was on the authorities' radar as he was suspected to be one of the last people to have seen Georgia Williams before her disappearance. Police took action, went round to his home, but no one was there. They gained entry to the property but there was no sign of Jamie or Georgia. Officers also checked the garage where the pair both worked, but they were not there either. Police were informed Jamie's stepfather's van was missing, and detectives launched a manhunt to find Jamie Reynolds. The van was quickly discovered in Glasgow, and not long after, Jamie was arrested on May 29th. Superintendent Nav Malik of the West Mercia Police made an appeal to Georgia in the hope she was still alive and also provided the press with details of the arrest. Georgia, if you're listening to us at this moment in time, you're not in trouble. Please contact the police or your parents. We are extremely concerned. Uh, we want to make sure you're safe and well. Um, you'll gather we haven't found Georgia's moment in time and we have made an arrest. Um, the male in question concerned, um, he's been arrested in Glasgow. Um, we uh, arrested him in a hotel in Glasgow and he had access to a vehicle, which I want to talk about very quickly. The vehicle in question is a Hi Ace 300 GS van, registration number is CX06ASV. This vehicle's been located, however, uh, importantly, the vehicle at some point on Monday afternoon had made its way um, uh, from Wellington here to Oswald Street in Shropshire. From there, Rill, Chester, Cumbria, and ultimately to Glasgow. So again, I would urge anybody that has information in respect to where that van's been between midday on Monday and midday yesterday, please come forward. Uh, we want to know where that vehicle may have been. Uh, I reiterate again, the appeal is in terms of trying to find Georgia. Uh, we are very concerned, gravely concerned about her disappearance. Uh, her parents are naturally devastated and we'd urge anybody who has information to come forward this moment in time. I'll have to take some questions. Uh, David Crantry from Sky News. David. Can you tell us about the circumstances of her disappearance? Have you managed to piece together a story of what may have happened? Um, as you can imagine, David, it's, it's, early, it's early days, clearly. Uh, we understand that she has a friendship with this individual um, uh, and may be in, this possession, in, in, in his company at some point on Sunday evening. Now, anything post-Sunday, we're not quite sure of in terms of um, what she would have done or, or where she would have gone and hence why the, the urgent appeal in terms of where she may be. She could be on her way home or... One hopes and, and I pray that's the case but, uh, but we can't say. When, when did she tell her parents where she was going? Um, she, she was going out with some friends um, and that's all she told her parents so she's going to visit some friends locally here. But has she gone missing before? Uh, never, it's completely out of character uh, hence why we are gravely concerned. She's never been missing before uh, and um, we do feel she may have come to harm given the very unique and unusual circumstances. When you say that they had a friendship, what, what, can you tell us about that friendship? Boyfriend, girlfriend? Or no, not at all. They, 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 were, they, were, they were friends, uh, not girlfriend, boyfriend, I hasten to add. Uh, the man in custody is not her boyfriend, I make that very clear. They were friends. Uh, 
both in terms of meeting and locations and, and frequently discussing things on social media. Police ordered an immediate interview with Jamie Reynolds and asked him directly, where is Georgia Williams? Jamie answered, I don't know. On May 30th, West Mercia Police made an appeal to the public on BBC's Crime Watch for help tracing the movements of the van. There was an influx of calls and a witness reported seeing Jamie's van stuck in the mud in North Wales, with one viewer even able to provide photographic evidence that proved vital to the investigation. At this point, Jamie was not saying anything. Police conducted a thorough search of his home and retrieved the camera he had used when he murdered Georgia. He had deleted the incriminating photographs, though luckily police experts were able to retrieve the images which showed Georgia both before and after Jamie killed her. Police then had the unenviable job of informing Georgia's parents that she had been killed, how she had died, and what Jamie had done to her, but they still didn't know where her body was. Following the public appeal, police focused their search in the woodlands of Nantigarth, and on May 31st, police discovered the body of Georgia Williams. Having spent three days exposed to the elements, Georgia's body was in such a state that Georgia's father refused Lynette and Scarlett to see her after he had identified his daughter. North Wales police were also able to recover some of Georgia's personal items, which Jamie had hidden in a lay-by near the scene. Superintendent Nav Malik again spoke to the press and confirmed a body had been found and someone had been charged. Um, for obvious legal reasons, I'm not in a position to talk to you about that and to ensure a fair court outcome in due course. Um, sadly, yesterday afternoon, um, new evidence came to light which identified that Georgia had in fact died at an address in Wellington in Telford here. Um, and clearly that information has led us to where we are today. I can also confirm that late this afternoon, uh, a body of a female, a young female, has been found uh, in Woodlands um, in the past near Nanta Garth in Wrexham, North Wales. Uh, at this moment in time, we haven't identified that body, but early indications do suggest it's linked to the spirits of Georgie Williams. Um, as you'll know, we obviously are liaising quite closely with uh, Georgia's family, who are naturally devastated by the events of yesterday afternoon and late this afternoon as well. Um, all investigations are challenging. Um, this has proved particularly challenging given that colleagues uh, are working uh, relentlessly, but also one of the colleagues and George's uh, father is a police officer within this organisation here, and it's been emotional for them. Uh, whenever someone from the police family... During questioning, Jamie Reynolds insisted that he was suffering from memory loss, despite police telling him that they had his pictures, they had the van, and could place it near the scene where George's body was found along with several items belonging to her. He said that he wanted to travel north to kill himself. Eventually, although saying he couldn't remember what had happened, Jamie said, I hate myself for it. I never meant to hurt her. He claimed he could only recall dragging her body into the woods through flashbacks. At a preliminary hearing, he appeared before Telford Magistrates Court. The court heard how Jamie Reynolds is alleged to have murdered the teenager on the 26th of May. In court this morning, he appeared for just a few minutes and spoke only to confirm his name, age and address.
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Despite his admission that he could recall moving George's body, Jamie continued to deny he was responsible for a murder, and while on remand, entered a plea of not guilty at a hearing during October 2013. This meant that the Williams family would need to prepare for a trial set for December of that year. Nearly seven months after Georgia had been murdered and five days before the trial was due to take place, Jamie Reynolds admitted that he killed Georgia Williams. Outside Stafford Crown Court, Detective Superintendent Adrian McGee from the West Mercia Police addressed the press. It's important today that uh, Jamie Reynolds has pleaded guilty to the murder of Georgia Williams. It's important for the family. It's important for the... um, 
the community of Wellington. And it's also important for her friends. What this enables the family to do is actually to grieve for Georgia without having the burden of a trial, without having the burden of that trial and enable them to, to move forward, despite the fact that their loss will never be diminished. Unable, I'm not able to talk about the details of the case at this moment because we've still got the hearing to come in a couple of weeks' time. But it is important at this moment to say and recognise the dignity that the family have shown throughout this case, the support that we've had from the public, and particularly for very small pieces of information, but also the professionalism of the police and the prosecution team in this case, which has led to today's guilty plea. Thank you. After the news of her death, the BBC spoke with Liam Ball, a friend of George's, and he described the person he knew. You have friends in your life that come and go, and you, you know people that you can't always necessarily trust with everything or trust with certain things, things like that. But she was one of them people that I felt like I could trust no matter what the circumstance, and she was. She was always there no matter what I was going through. Zach Hammond, another acquaintance of George's, also told reporters about the effect her death has had on their circle of friends. People break it down on the phone uh, whenever I've seen them out in the streets as well. It's just, you know, that, that bubbly character that you know and her friends that I've bumped into, you're speechless, really. You just don't know what to say or what to do. While on remand, Jamie Reynolds was assessed by two forensic psychiatrists. The first was Professor Pickett, who reported that Jamie did witness domestic violence towards his mother when he was young, and Jamie himself suffered some physical and emotional abuse at the hands of his biological father, though Jamie's mother was able to escape from the relationship and make a new life with Jamie's stepfather. His mother and stepfather provided a comfortable and supportive home, and Jamie's stepfather had played the role of a loving father to Jamie and his sister. Professor Pickett's professional opinion was that Jamie did not suffer from any recognised mental disorder or any abnormality of psychological functioning. It was clear that Jamie wanted to hang a woman and have sex with her after death to fulfil a long-standing necrophilia fantasy. Professor Pickett was also of the opinion that Jamie was intelligent and capable of learning new tactics and strategies and had the potential to progress to being a serial killer. He also said... Jamie poses a risk to himself and is a grave risk to women and will do for the rest of his life. Professor Pickett's opinion is consistent with Dr. Katina Agnostakis, who provided two reports dated August 30th and November 18th. She described Jamie as having recurrent, intense sexual fantasies involving violent sadism. Jamie accessed material to fuel his fantasies through the internet by writing stories and seeking to enact them. Jamie had described having some psychotic symptoms linked to his sexual preoccupation. Dr. Agnostakis found no basis to diagnose a psychotic illness, however she couldn't rule out the possibility of the emergence of a psychotic condition in years to come. After Jamie Reynolds pleaded guilty to the murder of Georgia Williams, it was disclosed he had made attempts to commit similar crimes in the past. He had been obsessed with sexual violence for at least five years, particularly women being hanged or strangled and then sexually violated after death. Jamie frequently sought to create situations where he was the assailant of those fantasies. 
By May 2013, Jamie had amassed a collection of 16,800 images and 72 videos of extreme pornography on his computer. He had also written roughly 40 stories which all contained some form of fatal attacks on young women whose bodies were then sexually assaulted. The method of these murders was most often asphyxiation or strangulation, predominantly by hanging. Three alarming known events occurred before George's murder, which showed Jamie as an extremely dangerous man. At the start of 2008, Jamie convinced an unnamed teenage girl to visit his home to model for a fictional media project based on a book that was strikingly similar to George's murder. The teenager declined to go upstairs or even into the kitchen, and at that point Jamie assaulted her. She managed to escape by fighting him off and received injuries to her neck consistent with attempted strangulation. She called the police. While investigating the report, authorities found pictures of women being strangled and some pictures Jamie had digitally altered, adding nooses around their necks. One of those pictured the teenage girl he had attacked. When questioned by police, Jamie claimed he couldn't remember the incident and said that he no longer wanted to look at pornography and would dismiss thoughts of strangulation. When Jamie's parents were made aware of this, they tried to block Jamie accessing extreme pornography on his computer by installing parental controls. But Jamie was able to override this by bypassing the server and continue to watch the extreme material when his parents were not at home. Police dealt with this severe incident by referring Jamie to both the Youth Offender and Mental Health Service and by cautioning him. During August 2011, Jamie had been making unwanted advances towards a work colleague. After she rejected his advances, Jamie deliberately reversed his car at speed directly into hers. No police action was taken following this incident, but a picture of the young woman was later found on Jamie's hard drive. The image had again been digitally altered to add a noose around her neck. In February 2013, Jamie managed to lure another young teenage girl to his home while his parents were away. Two days before this, Jamie had altered a Facebook picture of the girl, placing a rope around her neck, hands and feet. But this time, Jamie was also trying to persuade Georgia Williams to come to his home. Once the other unnamed teenage girl arrived at the house, Jamie locked all the doors. The girl was trapped. An hour passed as Jamie tried to persuade her to stay the night, which she refused. As she became more scared, she started screaming before threatening to jump out of a window. Jamie realised his plan had failed and pretended to find the keys which he claimed he had mislaid. The teenage girl was finally able to leave the house physically unharmed. She had a lucky escape as no doubt Jamie planned to hang her in the same way he killed Georgia. He had written a reminder to himself to remove the ore from the loft. There were at least four other teenage girls known to Jamie with which he had digitally altered an image of each, adding a rope around their necks and adding some form of sexual element to the picture. As May 26, 2013 approached, when Jamie's parents were away, he contacted 16 teenage girls, all of whom he knew inviting them to come to his home to take part in the photo shoot that involved a simulated hanging. A few of them were willing to help, 
and Jamie asked them to visit his home later in the week. Taking into consideration the evidence and his previous behaviour, Mr Justice Wilkie imposed Jamie's sentence. In his sentencing remarks, Mr Justice Wilkie said, The only sentence I am empowered to pass is one of life imprisonment, and I do so. My next task is to consider whether this is a case which calls for a whole life term, and if not, to fix a minimum term before the expiration of which you, Jamie Reynolds, will not be considered for release on licence. In order to do so, I must first review the context and circumstances of the commission of this offence. Quite properly, the prosecution has presented its case in some detail over a number of hours. That is because the full flavour of what you have done and how it came about that you committed this evil deed needed to be gone into in order that all those in court and those who may have to consider it hereafter may appreciate how exceptional this offending, when seen in its proper context, is and why it clearly calls for the most severe punishment that this court can pass. The judge went on to explain that as Georgia Williams was 17 at the time of the crime, she was legally a child, and as Jamie was over 21 and legally an adult, the court would need to consider that if the offence is exceptionally serious and the offender is over 21, then the appropriate starting point is a whole life order. A sentence of this type would typically fall into either of the following categories. The murder of two or more people where each murder involves a substantial degree of premeditation or planning and sexual or sadistic conduct. Or the murder of a child involving abduction or sexual or sadistic motivation. George's murder falls within the second of these descriptions. Although it only involved the killing of one and not two people, the offence involves each of the defining features and any one of which would make the crime fall within the category of exceptionally high seriousness. The judge also explained it also had a large number of aggravating factors. George's murder was long anticipated and planned not only in the commission but the steps taken to avoid detection. The crime was designed to give sexual pleasure. Jamie watched Georgia die where he could have saved her which was all part of his sexual gratification. Georgia would have suffered physically and mentally, knowing that she had been betrayed by someone she trusted and would not have died instantly. By dumping her body in a remote spot far from home, naked without burial, intending it not to be found for a long time, Jamie showed contempt for his victim. Jamie had planned for two other teenage girls to come over the following day with a similar fate in mind, had he not succeeded in killing Georgia. The judge said killing Georgia was an expression of Jamie's long-standing preoccupation with violent sadistic pornography. Justice Wilkie also considered the mitigating factors. He explained that although Jamie had pled guilty, this wasn't until five days before the trial, so the judge didn't place much significance on the admission. Also, Justice Wilkie considered Jamie's age, which is, he deemed, essential for two reasons. First, the impact on a whole life term, which could be regarded as much higher for someone that young. Second, the court should be fully aware of any issues which arise relating to maturity and understanding that may affect culpability when considering young adults. The judge carefully considered the conclusions of the psychiatric reports, however the judge found nothing to suggest that Jamie's level of culpability was lowered. 
Ultimately, the aggravating factors outweighed the mitigating ones, and so because of the seriousness of the offence, a whole life order was passed. Jamie Reynolds will remain in prison for the rest of his life, which based on his age could be upwards of 60 years. Outside the courtroom, George's family greeted the press, and her father Steve explained there was no sentence they would be happy with, as it wouldn't bring Georgia back. I'd like to say that the best of justice has been done here today as it stands in England and Wales. And we should hold on to that fact when we come to consider influence from the European Courts of Justice. I've been proud to serve our justice system for over 20 years now and I think we're quite capable of taking care of ourselves. On regards to the sentence, it's the best that justice can hand down at this time and once again we're grateful for, to the judiciary and all its components. There is no sentence that we can ever say that we're satisfied with because it will never bring Georgia back. She's dead, she's gone physically, she lives in our hearts. The one thing that will always, always actually get to us and cause us grief is the fact that even though Jamie Reynolds is serving a full life sentence, he still has life to hang on to. He can still have contact with his parents. They can visit, exchange telephone calls, send cards to each other, touch, hold each other, see smiles. We'll never ever see that again from Georgia and that breaks my heart every day. I'm grateful to the police. Detective Chief Inspector Neil Jameson of the West Mercia Police also spoke to the press. And uh, today's uh, sentence I welcome. Uh, it brings to an end the investigation into the murder of Georgia Williams at the hands of Jamie Reynolds. Um, it brings to the end that investigation. However, it's no ending for the family of Georgia, for Stephen, Lynette, and for her sister, Scarlett. It goes no way to impact on their sense of loss, longing, and grief, something which they uh, continue to deal with on a daily basis, and something which I know will affect them for the rest of their lives. Um, Jamie Reynolds is a sadistic and very dangerous, manipulative individual who preys on young females. There is no doubt that Georgia, when she arrived at that house in May, had no idea as to what was to befall her at uh, that evening. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that uh, Reynolds' uh, addiction to sadistic extreme pornography played a significant part in this investigation and as you heard today even in the minutes leading up to George's arrival he was still viewing such material. So where are we now? 
Following Jamie's conviction, Steve and Lynette Williams called for an independent inquiry to be carried out following the death of their daughter and the discovery that Jamie Reynolds had tried to strangle another teenage girl but was never charged. Here is Lynette Williams. He lured the girl round on the pretext of helping him out with a project and then um, there was a violent attack where he attempted to strangle her. Um, thankfully she managed to escape but it has traumatised her, um, it's totally changed her life. As parents we feel if it had been investigated properly we wouldn't be in this situation. Obviously the young girl that was attacked um, has put in a complaint because she feels she wasn't dealt with properly at that time. They've got superimposed nooses around their neck. But as I said, you know, I seem to be on a mission because it has made me really angry thinking that George's death could have been avoided if people had just done their jobs properly. It was also revealed in the collection of extreme pornography found on Jamie Reynolds's laptop. There was also a picture of George's sister, Scarlett. She's lost a lot of trust in people, um, especially men. Um, so that will take a, a while, I think, to, to get back. Um, how do you trust somebody when, like she said, Georgia thought he was her, her mate? A serious case review was undertaken, the findings of which caused Georgia's parents to call it an embarrassment to the police force. Steve and Lynette Williams also asked for a further report, which was prepared by Devon and Cornwall Police, to be made public. The report highlighted mistakes worse than those identified by the serious case review. Any parents, any mother and father could be sat here today talking about how their child was murdered by Reynolds because he was just let out of the door and left to his own devices. The independent report by Devon and Cornwall Police was given to the West Mercia Force and led to misconduct proceedings against four officers, one of which had been promoted, and one civilian staff member who faced sanctions that stopped short of dismissal. Following the release of the case review, Georgia's parents said in a statement, Having lost Georgia to pure evil, we cried when we read this report and the failings of all the agencies involved because it was so obvious that Reynolds was, if not one already, a murderer in the making. Georgia's death could have been prevented. Learn from it, if nothing else. Here is Steve and Lynette Williams speaking about how they felt let down when discovering the news that Jamie Reynolds could have been stopped and learning about the circumstances of their daughter's death. Hopefully people understand how let down we felt um, as a family, in the police family, as it were. And that we, uh, well, I definitely feel that if things had been done properly then, Georgia would still be here now. What torment and terror she must have gone through. Because he, he, documented, this, he documented this on photographs. And he didn't stop at her death. He, he sexually assaulted her body and, 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 and filmed that. To hear how your, your daughter was treated in, in that way, um, just to kill her in such a horrible way and then to treat her as nothing, really. David Shaw, the Chief Constable of West Mercia Police, admitted we got it wrong 
and offered a heartfelt apology to the Williams family. Absolute apology. We got it wrong, and we shouldn't have got it wrong. I can absolutely guarantee that this has been a shock to our organisation and the other agencies. And I put, I use that word absolutely deliberately. It shook us to the core because this is not why we come to work. It's not why we join the police. We come to work to look after the public and protect vulnerable people. What I can't do, much as I wished I could, is absolutely guarantee the public that we can stop every bad person or every person with evil intent from committing a crime. And actually, I don't think the public expect that of us. What they expect us to do is be professional and thorough and ask the right questions and join the dots. In April 2014, Jamie Reynolds appealed against the severity of his sentence. The basis for Jamie's appeal was his age and the fact he pleaded guilty. Towards the end of October 2014, at the Court of Appeal in London, Lord Chief Justice Thomas, Mr Justice Wynne Williams and Mr Justice Sweeney ruled that there was no basis on which it can be correctly argued that a whole life order was not required. The conviction was upheld. Jamie watched the appeal via video link from prison. He didn't say a word. Outside the courtroom, Steve Williams said that there was no punishment severe enough and he hopes that Jamie Reynolds is miserable for the rest of his life as that's what he has done to their family. Jamie Reynolds is currently serving his life sentence in Wakefield Prison and is the youngest offender serving a whole life order. In June 2013, the Georgia Williams Trust was set up. The charity is dedicated to providing a lasting legacy to Georgia. With the money the charity raises, they celebrate Georgia's life by enabling young people in their community to access adventure and outdoor activities, along with volunteering. The motto of the Trust is free your spirit, join in. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TWAU underscore podcast or follow us on Instagram and Facebook under They Walk Among Us podcast. Murder, the unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another. A short, simple definition of a word that we're all familiar with. For most of us, murder is just that, a word or a definition that has no impact on our lives. But to some people, murder is much more than that. It's real. It's personal because they've lost a loved one to murder. And I want to share their stories with you. My name is Mike Morford, and some of you may know me as co-host of the true crime podcast, Criminology. I'd like to invite you to check out my new podcast, The Murder in My Family. In each episode, I'll recount a single murder case and talk one-on-one with the family members of these victims to see how these tragic crimes changed their lives 
and where their search for justice has taken them since. Starting in July of 2018, you can find and subscribe to The Murder in My Family on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you'll join me for The Murder in My Family. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.